Strap one on, it's time to jam. The hunt resumes. Epis, did we ever say that? No, we should. Well, we do now. Maybe I've said the hunt continues, but now it resumes with episode 22 Double Deuce Vaint Duh. I, That's all I, I got. Yeah. We, as everyone knows, because of the last episode and the title of this episode, did 1993's Striking Distance, which actually, I've been saying it wrong. I'm putting the emphasis on the wrong word. I've been saying Striking Distance, but it should be Striking Distance. Right? I think so. I think. I think that's what they're getting at. It has almost nothing to do with the movie. No. I, I actually, yeah. It has nothing to do, like not almost nothing. It has nothing to do with the movie. Because what? The term striking distance means, well, I guess it technically means you're close to accomplishing your goal. Like, oh, I'm within striking distance of eating this hamburger. Committing murder. Whatever your goal is. And I wonder if it's the title that made us both think for some reason that this movie was about submarines. <laughs> there's something about the cover that like you look at it and like there's a boat on the cover and there's a gun. And for some reason that and like willis's face and it's like half shaded and like i don't know there's something about it that just says submarine and yeah, i don't I, know why i have spent almost 30 years thinking that this is a submarine movie it has to be like similar to a cover for a sub movie or something because like there's almost 20 something years about it not that old almost 20 years <laughs> wait almost 30 oh my god no almost 30 i was right the first time yep oh god no yeah, it felt like a submarine. Uh, it is not at all a submarine movie and has very little to do with being within striking. Di- I guess Bruce Willis is always close to figuring out who the killer is. I'm within striking distance of getting the killer. But it was originally supposed to be called Three Rivers. And then they test screened the movie and it did not go well at all. So then it kind of morphed more into what we see, like, oh, let's add some action and some sex and make this into more of an action thriller. And then by that point, it's like, well, we can't call this thing Three Rivers. So like, what's a cool thing to call an action movie, I guess? Striking distance. Boat guns. That Sure. Making sure. waves. That would have been better. They, well, I don't know. Then you'd be like, is that a surfing movie? Mm, true. So. Three Rivers was a bad title. I don't care what genre it, it was meant to be. Like, it's a shitty title. And it also has nothing to do with the movie. Because as far as I can tell, they're on one river. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it, that's how different it used to be. Maybe the test audience screening was, I want at least two less rivers. I can't keep track. <laughs> Which river is this? I'm lost. It's like he's literally like looking at a map of where the river flows to to try to like figure things out. It, yeah. it, is, it is definitively established that it is one singular river. All right, Mr. Hollywood, what does it say on the test screening cards for three rivers? Uh, let's see. Too many rivers. 
How come Willis don't bone Jessica Parker? That's something to file away. We got to remember that one. How come no shoot shoots? Oh, I got to get some shoot shoots in this movie. Apparently, I just assumed. Apparently, I is. That would have been actually my card. How come you got both, but they don't do no dope pass jumps? It's like, oh, he's right. I knew it. We need at least four dope ass boat jumps in this movie. I think they fell short of that goal, but they at least got a couple in there. Yeah. So originally, and you can kind of see it when you watch the movie, like how this might have originally just been a very dark, moody crime drama that they injected with car chase, boat chase, shoot a flare at a car and blow it up. Which like they never come back to. <laughs> like, I assume that, that guy's dead. Well, he ran off. No, I assume that was the killer messing with them. Right. Oh. I was assuming that there was someone in the car and he's now dead. No, and you saw him run no off. No repercussions. No, we saw oh, that. I didn't get that. Your version is much funnier <laughs> that they just killed a civilian and went, damn it. Uh, I guess let's set up the plot. Sam, set up the plot to 1993's uh, Striking Distance. Bruce Willis is a cop. He's from a family of cops. His uncle's a cop. His cousins are cops. His dad's a cop. Everyone's cops. Uh, and in the opening scenes, you know, they're talking about this, this serial killer who's basically taunting the police force and that he calls them and plays the same song with like, you know, the murder happening in the background and they're trying to catch him and there's a lot going on. There's some family drama because because Bruce Willis's partner, a dirty cop, and or no, he it was accused of police brutality. Yeah, he was, he was whatever. Yeah, Bruce Willis testified. It's caused, yeah, it's caused a family rift. Um, dad dies, and yep. Bruce Willis's life kind of goes downhill from from there. Uh, he gets put on riverboat cop duty which is apparently a thing i feel like that's like uh, when then, you get busted down to like traffic cop yeah except you're not even a, a real traffic cop you're a boat traffic cop yeah you're forced to just go up to teens who are drinking and driving a boat too fast and go no more of that and that's your excitement for the week pretty much uh and that's pretty much the plot i guess the the boat thing is happening two years later uh no one really wants to work with him because he's you know not loyal and yeah he snitched he, out a fellow cop that, which you, i guess you're not supposed yeah. to do which i believe yeah, he, is probably a thing even if a cop's being a bad cop if a good cop says that cop's being a bad cop the other cops would be like hey there are some systemic issues with being a cop. Yeah, it, we we won't go there. No, but, let's not get into that stuff. Yeah, did you mention that? Not. Did you mention that the cop he he go like that? Bruce Willis is also his cousin. I think I did. Okay, uh, you but cut if out, not, you cut out in and out a little bit during that piece. Yeah, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, I saw you kind of freezing up, but yeah. So his, his partner was his cousin. He then jumps off a bridge because he doesn't want to be a cop in prison because he thinks that he'll, you know bad things happen right which is, is right assumption i would think yep. yeah so uh he jumps off a bridge everything's sad his family falls apart and two years later he's a river cop uh and then the murders start up again and no one believes bruce that you know there's there's a link there yeah. uh because the 
killer in the original cases, the Polish Hill killer was caught. But that guy's like, I didn't do it. The witness who said he saw me dump that body is a liar. And then Bruce is like, well, it's the same guy and he's killing all of my ex-girlfriends and I'm not okay with that. Oh, yeah, I forgot that piece. Yep. And uh, yeah, then Sarah Jessica Parker shows up as a his partner. Yeah. Kind of. Turns out that's not necessarily true, but and then they got to get to the bottom of who's killing these women. That, that is that's the movie. That's the plot. <laughs> Describing it, it sounds very, very generic. And it is. It is, but, but it's done well. It is done well. Better than I expected, considering like this is very widely regarded as a trash movie. Bruce Willis, as we mentioned in the last episode, straight up said, oh, yeah, that movie sucked. I'm sorry about that movie. Uh, it was notorious for its troubled production with the bad test screening and reshoots and trying to just mold it into something that they could release. Um, but maybe low expectations helped again. Maybe because <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I I was pretty invested. If you go and look at our you always know when a movie's going well, if there are large gaps when we're chatting yep. during the movie. Like if 10 minutes go by and one person doesn't say anything or nobody says anything, usually that means like, oh, I was watching. Maybe it means like I got a drink and didn't care enough to get back quickly. Did I miss anything? But yeah, for this one, it's always I, one of the two extremes. Yeah, though. like for, it's well, yeah, it's one or the other. It's like I made a sandwich, but a really elaborate sandwich and I didn't care enough to tell you to pause. Or in this case, like, oh, sorry, I kind of was just watching the movie. Yep. Because it opens with car chase, which is always a good, you know, statement of declaration. Here I am. Let's have a car chase in San Francisco. So we have to go over some big hills. And there's that scene of just a bunch of cars doing huge jumps over hills. And I was like, yes. I think they're in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. He does say Pittsburgh a lot. I just, when I see hills like that, I assume we're in San Francisco. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Still works. They knew enough that they need to drive those cars over hills. So I'll give the credit to director, Roadhouse director, Rowdy Harrington. They also had that tunnel scene where everyone's packed into the tunnel and cars are on fire and the truck just like slams into a police car and it explodes. And there's, there's some good action in that first bit. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good set piece. And then. There's a few boat chases, as I said to you, boat chases are notoriously hard because it's two medium speed vehicles in a wide open body of water. So what what are you going to do other than like cut to one boat behind the other boat, then cut to the first boat as he looks behind at the other boat and then it cuts to the other boat as he's like, I'm going to catch that boat. And that's your boat chase. Maybe sometimes the other one boat will shoot at the other boat and then you'll cut to the guy driving the boat going like this. But that's most mostly what you can do with a boat chase, which is why it's awesome when in like Last Crusade, it's like, what if the boat went up against another boat that had a propeller and that propeller was chopping up the smaller boat as two dudes had a fist fight on the small boat? And you're like, that's a good idea or face off where I think they're just jumping from boat to boat and punching each other. It's like, okay, great. This one, they knew enough, like, look, maybe we just jump the boats too. Yeah, they jumped the boat. They did. Uh, there's that whole bit where, 
where they're kind of like slamming the boats into each other and then they have to like get around like the bridge pillars like there's some there's there's some decent stuff in that last boat chase there's like some car versus boat chases which is yeah there's a train different. at one point they just were yeah. like what if there's also let's get another vehicle in there and i just appreciate my image of rowdy harrington on site constantly being like what do you want to do in this chase gotta jump them it's like what the cars yeah which which one fucking all of them every single car in the car chase jumps over that hill it's like okay i guess set a camera there let's jump these cars and then later like all right rowdy what do you want to do for this boat chase gotta jump that boat over what have a jump over another boat i guess all right all right guys jump the small boat over the big boat Oh, leapfrog. Yeah, I like that. Good for you, Rowdy Harrington. And then, you know, obviously in between cars and boats jumping over other cars and boats, there is the murder plot line. Um, Bruce is, is this is not happy, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce has to be sad a lot of this movie. I think he's doing well. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a good job. I mean, he's fun to watch. He, yeah. As fun as it gets in a movie with kind of a dark plot. Yeah. Another, there's another action bit that feels very dis, where he just rescues like two guys on a boat. And that just felt again like an injected, all right, we need to give the people a little something, something like Bruce Willis does his die hard on a boat thing where he sneaks onto a boat and, you know, beats up some dudes and, he gets to quip a couple times. He's not very this. He isn't very. I thought we were going to get a little more of quippy Bruce when it shows, you know, oh, I'm kind of a disgruntled river cop now. And he wakes up all disheveled. And, you know, the other guys are talking about, oh, you think he's even going to bother to show up today? And I thought we might get a little more, you know, last Boy Scout diehard three Bruce, which I know are two frames of references that mean nothing to you, but absolutely nothing. Yeah. So there's a little bit like, you know, he's he drives the boat really starts the boat really fast. So the other guy falls off and you go, that's the kind of Bruce I know. Yeah. He's got, he's got his moments. And I mean, there was that really good shot that we talked about when he does rescue the two guys on the weird coal boat, uh, where just like, he's like Pittsburgh police. And then it like cuts away and he's just standing there with his shot. Yeah. Shorts. Yeah, I, I don't know if everyone listening knows this, but River Cops have the sexiest outfits you've ever seen, which are shorts that go above the knee with belts and golf shirts tucked into those shorts. Did I say golf shirts or golf shorts? Oh, golf shirts. It sounded like I maybe said the wrong shirts. word. Yeah, polo yeah. shirts tucked into belted shorts. And it's just like you guys must And guess. the ball cap. Like you must be fighting off the the women all the time. I mean, like the outfit is so bad that he doesn't realize Sarah Jessica Parker is sexy until she's got like her little red dress on. Yeah, until even Sarah, even nineteen ninety three Sarah Jessica Parker wearing that outfit is a non sexual entity until she gets into different clothes, <laughs> and then Bruce can go, "Oh wow, look at you!" Uh, this came out after Hocus Pocus, by the way, and I know that. Because okay. we're, we're going to get into the box office stuff later, but uh, this was the same year. I assume she filled this one first, though, because of you know the troubled production stuff. So mostly a good year for Sarah Jessica Parker. I assume she's not out there being like, "Hey, have you guys seen Striking Distance?" Oh, got to check that out. No legacy 2022 sequel for this one. But what were we going to say? So 
she's the partner. They sleep together because, you know, Bruce Willis and Sarah Jessica Parker. Ten year age gap. All right. Yeah. You said 10 year age gap. And I said I thought that it was a larger age gap. Yeah. I I'm mean, surprised that it was only 10 years. The age gap that it is is 38 to 28, which mm. is one of, you know, I guess it's better than 28 to 18, but yes, still a big one. It's still a big one. It didn't bother me that much within the context of the movie. No, it's not like they're a huge, you know, oh man, I'm so rooting for the couple from striking distance to get together. It's like, yeah, they didn't have, they didn't have great chemistry to be honest. But... No, not really. And it's not like they're doing, you know, it's not like they're working with amazing characters to begin with. No. No, they, there's not a lot of meat there. The big twist, there is like, well, a big twist with the Sarah Jessica Parker character, which is essentially that she's actually there to like dig up dirt on him. Yeah, she's from uh, Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs, that was it. And she's there to be like, what's up with this guy? And then she's like, but I fell in love with you. And you're when I got one look at that outfit I was like how am I supposed to get this guy in trouble it's too sexy if the shorts went below the knee I could handle it but there, look at that those those Willis kneecaps man no like, women I, can resist I just want to chew on them that's what she says in the movie she's like I just want to chew them kneecaps and that's one of the scenes that they put in after the test like a lot of people are just saying gotta get some more kneecap chewing like i just couldn't uh, resist your charms i'm gonna throw my whole career away for you because we've known each other three in world four days. minutes yeah we went think, on one adventure together yeah i think his uncle because his uncle is the one who kind of six sarah jessica parker on him through internal affairs because he won't let the polish hill killer go um i think he says it's three weeks that he's okay. had someone trailing him but i mean even still and they did three weeks and for the first week they hated each other exactly and they weren't together that much so interesting decision by the sarah jessica parker character who of course has a name i just can't think of it uh, I, I only know bruce's character's name because it's tom hardy i think she was joe but then that wasn't her real name and her real name was emily i thought the daughter's name was emily no, the daughter's name was Sarah because I was like, like your name. That's easy yeah. for me to remember. Exactly. So yeah, it was Emma or Emily or something like that. Something like that. Something M-ish. And the um oh, what was I gonna say about the oh excuse me, Dennis for uh, Dennis Farina plays the uncle. And anytime Dennis Farina shows up in any movie, but especially this one. It's just a joy because he just bursts on the scene and he's such a good cursor. So he is. When he rolls in, it's just like, what the fuck is going? Like he hits the, oh, it's like so good. Like you fucking fucking fuck this. It's like, oh, yes, I love it. Your character sucks. Every character in this movie kind of sucks. The one surprising thing is Tom Sizemore not playing, you know, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> Like whenever Tom Sizemore rolls up in a movie, you just look around and go, "Divides him, right? The killer's him." Because look, Tom Sizemore's here, but he's but, like a good dude. He's one of the few good dudes in the movie. That wasn't Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore was the <laughs> spoilers, but Tom Sizemore was the killer. 
thought we no, established. No, Jim, Tom Sizemore didn't play Jimmy. Didn't he? No. I'm all confused. Tom Sizemore was the guy tied to a chair at the end trying to help fight everybody. Oh, you're right. Okay. I do agree that the other guy <laughs> looks a lot like like Tom Sizemore and Oliver Platt had a child. He's, yeah. He looks rough. It did which confuse is why I, think I assumed that, yes. But uh, no, wow, does this change the entire movie for you now? Maybe a little bit, yeah. Because yeah, Tom Sizemore was the good guy. He was tied to the chair at the end okay. with uh, Bruce Willis yeah, and Sarah the, Jessica the, the... Parker. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was Danny. Yeah, he was Danny. The, okay. He, yeah, he I was had one the, of the I few the good dudes mixed up. Like the uncle, we just assume is an asshole, but then we find out. I get like, obviously spoilers for striking distance. So the killer is the dude who jumped off the bridge at the beginning of the movie that Bruce Willis was going to have sent to prison for being, a, you know, the police brutality stuff. So he was the killer then. And he's come back to taunt Bruce Willis. It's not the most. The he's sus- completely unhinged. Yeah. And the suspect list in the movie is pretty small. It's like it's either Tom Sizemore, Dennis Farina or the guy who jumped off a bridge to avoid going to jail. Or the um, grandmother that we meet in that one scene. Or in my theory was, it's just going to be Bruce Willis. And it will make any sense. You'll be like, well, hang on, that falls apart immediately because of this. But I was like, what if the movie just has, like, in the reshoots, they were like, we need a big twist. What if Willis doesn't is have the to make killer? Sense. Doesn't have to make sense, man. Like, we'll just, we'll go with it. But nope, it's kind of one of the more obvious answers. It's the dude who jumped off the bridge. According to IMDb, it it can be very quickly identified because uh, he's wearing the same gloves that the killer's wearing when we first see the character. Mm. Um, And here's my favorite bit of trivia. Apparently, the dude who plays Jimmy slash the killer spoiled that twist before the movie came out when he went on David Letterman. (laughs) Amazing. And I couldn't, I, I just read that. So I, I didn't have time to look up the clip, but I really I wonder if I can find it. If it's just him being like, yeah, it's really exciting. Cause you know, I get to play like the psychopath, the killer. Like, is it that casual of a reveal? Does he reveal it? Because he's like, ah, the movie shit. I'm the killer. Cause that man, there was an example of that recently. And I forget what it was where someone involved with a movie went on a talk show and basically said like, oh yeah, the movie's shit and then spoiled something and and, everyone, and other people in the movie got all mad and now I don't remember who it was. Uh, hopefully if you remember, you'll have to let me know. But that did happen not that long ago. So I thought that was funny. And then yeah, so he shows up back at the end. It's like, it was me the whole time. I killed your ex-girlfriends I ju- slash I think just some women you just casually knew. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not totally clear. He like kills the girl that he went to prom with. <laughs> like that's that's going a while back. Yeah, Bruce is taking it real hard. Like, I can't believe that they, they, they killed this person. It's like, I don't know. It's that part of this just like he would roll the body over and be like, oh, wait, who's this? Oh, is this Rose? Oh, I haven't seen Rose in 30 years. That's sad. I mean, there was the, I think when he's like really upset, it's when it's the nurse and they established at the beginning that they had just broken things off. So, yeah. That one made sense. As far in the past, like two years. The last body he turns over, though. Photo. 
the one that I thought was going to end up being like Sarah Jessica operator. Parker is, and he's like, Jonah, Kim Lee, no. It's like, did, weren't you like a casual work acquaintance at best? I'm not saying <laughs> it's not sad she's dead, but he basically does the Darth Vader scream into the heavens. You're like, as far as I can tell, you have spoken three times for 15 seconds. Maybe that stuff was cut. Maybe, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, maybe it's sadder because like he barely had a connection to her and she just got drawn into it. That's... I also don't understand why she got killed, apparently, in his houseboat bed. Yeah, I'll assume some of that stuff must have got cut because it just it, it, yeah. it seems like the killer just went. Well, that's all of his ex-girlfriends. So I guess it's just into women he kind of knows. So I assume if the killer hadn't been caught, the next person would have been like, hey, Bruce Willis, who's that? It's like, that's Debbie. She serves me coffee every Saturday when I go to get my my Saturday coffee. It's like her name tag says it, Denise is like, oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know her that well. You know who we have not talked about, though? Little baby face Andre, Andre Brower. Oh my god, that was like shocking. That was j- jarring to deal with as someone who primarily knows Andre Brower from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep. And, you know, I didn't I know, you know, a lot of other people obviously know him from Homicide, Life on the Streets, which would have been I think what, he around only the same cops? time? Yeah, the Homicide started the same year. Man, 93, big year for Sarah Jessica Parker, big year for Andre Brower. Big year uh, for the dad from Frasier. Big yeah, Frasier was same that year. So big man. A lot of people in striking distance went on to bigger and better things that allowed them to not have to talk about striking distance. Yeah. He well, I mean, yeah, he's played a lot of cops. Homicide, special victims unit. He played a doctor on house. That oh. must have been cool. But yeah, as someone who mostly knew him from newer stuff, like the mist where he's the asshole neighbor and Brooklyn nine, nine. So obviously for people who watched homicide, it wouldn't have been as like, wow. But for me, it was like, Oh dear God, you're a little tiny baby, man. His, his head looks so tiny for his features. Like he looks like, you know, those like little fish that like, you know, when they're, when they're like born and they're just like all eyes and like mouth. And then like a tiny little, like nothing body. Like that's what he looked like, but his voice is the same and it's very jarring. Yeah. It looked like if they had to like de-age him CGI using CGI in a current movie. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but I was happy he was there. There's a lot of really like, he's like, it's great that he's here. Dennis Farina is not doing anything too above what he usually does, but he's always a welcome presence. People are giving it like Bruce. It's a pretty understated performance, but it's good. Like he's crying and yelling and he gets to be a little quippy and he gets to do the action thing. Like the pieces are there and it definitely, and I, I was looking at Roger Ebert's review, which is literally a numbered list of all of the things that steals from other movies. And I'm certainly not going to deny that it is not an original movie, but it, 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 I was entertained by it. Yeah. I was never bored. Like, I mean, we've already said, you know, our our chat lagged in places because we were just like focusing on the movie. It was good. 
Yeah. Whereas I feel like sometimes I bet if we went back to like when we talked about cosmic sin, it probably lagged, but just because like, what are we even supposed to say? <laughs> like there's just, exactly like there's nothing to talk about. There's just nothing happening. Like the worst thing a movie can be is boring. And while the internet yeah. seems to disagree, I never found this one boring. And it's like, no. you know, it's barely, it's like just over an hour and a half long. So it doesn't unlike hostage out where it's welcome where it's just like i don't think you have enough story to tell to be this long this arguably probably could have been a little longer because it's like well wait what about this person and why like there's a lot of characters a lot going on but yeah it was fine it's i don't know if it comes on tv i guess check it out yeah it wasn't bad like I, I don't know that I'll watch it again, but at the same no. time, it's like if someone were looking for like, hey, like I just want to like kind of okay cop movie where maybe there's like some boat stuff. This would be an easy recommendation, <laughs> I guess. A very Such specific a specific. <laughs> I want some cop sort of stuff in a boat. I'd probably actually just say like, I guess face off. They're not cops, but they go to prison and that's kind of copy. It's good enough. Yeah, if you want a cop kind of movie with some boat stuff, Striking (laughs) Distance is a movie that has both of those things. Why not? If you're a big Bruce Willis fan and you haven't seen this one, check it out. Yeah, it's not it's not wasted time. Like I enjoyed my hour and a half ish with it. Yeah, you know. When you I, hear that it was a disaster behind the scenes, like I can kind of, you can, I wouldn't have guessed that had I not read that. Like you yeah. can, now that we know that, you can kind of see, like, yeah, I can see where maybe this was a very different thing that they had to add. Like the scene where he storms that boat, you could take that out and the movie would barely change. So yeah. that just feels like, you know, we got Willis. He's got to Willis it up. He's got to Willis all over these guys. So, yeah. Yeah. But like overall, it's a it's a cohesive plot it's interesting like the pacing is is good there's enough action there's enough meat to the mystery like i mean we talked about it there's not a million people the killer could be i'll admit i just took it at face value that the other dude was dead so that was a surprise i guess he's unhinged he's fun yeah the final fight is fun yeah i enjoyed it Audiences were less receptive, as I have in front of me. The box <laughs> office reports for September, the weekend of September 17th, 1993, where I can say Striking Distance opened in first place with a little under $9 million, barely outgrossing The Fugitive in its seventh week, which made just over seven. And then, man... What a weird weekend. Like Jurassic Park is still hanging in there after 15 weeks. Sleepless in Seattle is in there. And then down in 11th, we have Hocus Pocus. Hmm. So that's how I knew it came first, which had been out for 10 weeks, which means Hocus Pocus, I did not know, opened in like July, which is an interesting choice. Yeah, I knew that. I did not. That was just fascinating to me. It was like when that Ben Affleck Christmas movie opened in September and we were all like, what are you doing? Although very fittingly, a movie opens literally today, August 5th, called Easter Sunday. Have you seen the ads for that? They're everywhere. 
I haven't even heard of it. It's like a comedian. I don't really know. I, I assume it's like his passion project. But uh, yeah, a movie is opening today called Easter Sunday. Today, August 5th. So even almost 30 years later, apparently Hollywood has not figured out, yo, maybe holiday movies come out when the holiday happens. It's like, or it's August 5th and Easter Sunday and we'll do a Christmas movie in a couple weeks. I don't know. Did Okay, did Hocus Pocus get like its VHS release like around Halloween? Maybe. turn it around real quick? I also always heard it was a notorious flop, but it's at this point made $35 million. It outgrossed striking distance. So <laughs> yeah, I, I did hear that like it didn't perform well and it became like a cult classic. I don't know, like. 93 sam was way into hocus pocus i mean it's also walt disney and right below literally right below that in 12th is the re-release of snow white and the seven dwarfs which has made a hundred million dollars what the fuck so oh my god this is amazing because it's a re-release its weekends in release is listed as 2909 (laughs) which makes it just seem like we couldn't shake that movie for decades that's a fantastic way of doing it the numbers.com well done um also in the top 10 undercover blues which i think is like a kathleen turner movie i don't remember true romance the man without a face the age of innocence which is the only uh, another new release this weekend so striking distance made like quadruple what it made jurassic park sleepless in seattle into the west and the real mccoy so some of those I know. And so obviously we got to see how long does it take striking distance to be kicked out of the top 10? The answer, Sam, will not surprise you. Not long. Next week, it is already out of the top spot because our boy Elijah Wood stormed in and said, what's this? I want number one. And what Elijah Wood movie do you think did it? The Good Son? It was The Good Son. Yep. I Which know I think- my Elijah Wood, man. In which I think was mostly powered by, you know, hey, Macaulay Culkin's going to say yeah. the F word. And we went, that's crazy. He's at home alone. <laughs> My dad rented that movie for me and mom found out. And before I could watch it, made him return it. And I was so sad. Have you and, seen then I, it? and then I watched it as a grown up and was like, all right, <laughs> you didn't miss much childhood <laughs> me. Uh, followed by The Program, which is another new release that week. I think that's like a football drama. And then The Fugitive just hanging in there. Then striking distance in fourth with only five million. Then the age of innocence. Then the only other new release for that week, Warlock colon the Armageddon with $1.7 million. Then undercover blues, Jurassic Park. All of a sudden the Joy Luck Club shows up and the man without a face and Hocus Pocus staying at 11th. Then we go to the following week, the final week for striking distance time in the top 10 where the movie Malice opens at number one. I don't remember anything about that movie. I've never even heard of that. The Good Son drops to two. Cool Runnings opens in third, which is surprising because I always thought Cool Runnings was like a big hit. So this was surprising to me. The program, The Age of Innocence, For Love or Money, uh, which is another new release, and A Bronx Tale, Fugitive, Joy Luck Cub, Striking Distance. And then I assume that means I haven't clicked further beyond that. Yep, you done striking distance. You're not even in the top 15 anymore. 
Oof. Yeah. Did they just yank it from theaters? Because the movie in 15th place made two grand that weekend. And I have to believe Striking Distance <laughs> made more than $2,000. So maybe it was just gone. But uh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Cool it Runnings might, yeah. goes from third to, to, to second. So we all looked around and went, this movie deserves better. But it was all r- ruled that weekend by new release Demolition Man at number one. So maybe striking distance just was yanked because it's just it's just gone. It's not in the list anymore. Interesting. And then from that point on, Demolition Man faces its strongest competitor, the Beverly Hillbillies. So that's striking distance. It uh, yeah, doesn't quite deserve the reputation I think it has. It's uh, completely watchable, enjoyable action thriller crime drama romance and a lot going on spin that wheel sam what's next all right i gotta i gotta pull up the wheel i was not prepared seems like that's the thing you should have done already you would think and yet take a sip of water that's fine you've got time i'm not even on the right wheel okay wait (laughs) what's the other wheel I have a bunch of cross-stitch wheels. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this one. Next up, we've got Death Becomes Her. Ooh, I'm excited. I've never seen it. I almost watched it like a couple of weeks ago before realizing that it was a Bruce Willis movie because I don't know things about movies before I watch them. And then I decided I couldn't watch it because then if we spun it, I would have to watch it again. Yep, you would have. Yeah, that's uh, that was not that was the year before ninety two. So okay. that's Street. um, yeah. I mean, again, Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, uh, other people. I'm probably forgetting. I'm sure there'll be at least a couple. Like, hey, that person, like Have Robert. You seen Zemeck. it before? Oh yeah. Okay. It's been it's been a little while. Scream Factory released a big collector's edition, but I feel like that was like six, seven years ago that we watched it. Here's the thing I always remember. I saw this was one of those movies my brother took me to as a kid, which means I was nine when I saw Death Becomes Her. And I'm sure we'll realize pretty quickly in the viewing that wasn't okay, brother, who I know listens. But even as a nine year old, I remember, like, what did you think? I was like, it was cool. They play that one piece of music a lot. And it's an odd observation for a nine year old. But it's true. And I really want you to pay attention. I don't remember how it goes. But the main theme composed for this movie, I feel like scores every scene. So they only had budget for one song. They spent the rest on the cast. Yeah, apparently, because I assume even in 92, actually, I bet you Goldie Hawn probably commanded the biggest paycheck yeah. back then, which is crazy to just think about. But um, yeah, I'm excited for for that one. I haven't seen it in a while. I've never seen it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one. That was probably it's the one horror on comedy, the- Bruce. Yeah, I, as you know, I don't like the comedy aspect, but I, I have high hopes. It's I won't say anything more. So, okay. uh, yeah. So next week, Death Becomes Her. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget. So do we still like this is over there. Flip it through franchises is over here. They're actually all mostly in the same place, like right here. Centralized uh, flip it through franchises with still two seasons. Wait, by the time this comes out. Yeah, it'll still be two seasons, but third season soon. Uh, Death Becomes Her is next. Thank you, Sam, for striking those distances. And keep enjoying those Willises.
fucking say something. <laughs> Even just bye. Just say bye. something. Bye. All right. <laughs>